This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, para ganar en vez de por 6, por 7. Busca, busca Kenny, tiene tiempo, ahora improvisa. Se rueda a la derecha, puede correr si quiere, el pase. Completo para la conversión. Y esa Pickens, Pickens a Pickens. No es de touchdown, pero por lo menos es un pase en la zona de anotación. Ya puedo morir tranquilo, Arturo. Puedo morir tranquilo, un pase. And you know, I got to tell you, Alvaro, that is exactly what I was thinking. And you, you know, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. I said, I said, now I can die in peace. A pass to a receiver in the end zone. I can die in peace. I've seen it all. Well, please welcome our Alvaro Martin from our Spanish-speaking broadcast. He is the the uh, play-by-play man. And I am so happy to have you here. What, we just saw you. We took a little nap or something. We were just seeing you, uh, you know, last I, night in Indy. You know, I know. I just literally felt like two hours ago that I left Max at the uh, at the hotel. And you know what? I slept an hour and a half just to be on this show at 11 a.m. Eastern. Wow. What happened to Max? Whoa, man. Actually, to, to, be, to be serious, Max had a game on, let's see, on Saturday on and, the West yes. Coast, then Sunday, yes. and then Monday. He's had a rough, rough weekend. Yeah, that young man needs his sleep. You know, he's got to make sure <laughs> that he's he's because good heavens, you want him to grow up, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, you, you got to grow. You got to rest. <laughs> the man's six foot eight. He don't need no more growing. That's for sure. <laughs> I know, oh, Alvaro. This was a big game. I love the fact that the ebb and flow, and here's the part, the part that really grabbed me. That first half, that was a thing of beauty, right? Third quarter, they come out, and they got Dallas Flowers just trucking on an 89-yard kickoff return, which, dadgummit, that just, I, to me, it jump-started momentum. Old Mo going from one way to the other way. and But what I liked about it best was that, in the end, the Steelers made the plays. They came up, the offense came out, and they were able to, uh, revitalize their 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 offense in that second that fourth quarter, and what a great job done by Kenny and the boys. I mean, in that first series, we saw the first big hole by the offensive line on a, on a on a run that I can remember all year. I mean, that was a statement. That was a hole. I mean, if I went through that hole, I could have run through that hole, and I would have gotten hit and taken to the hospital. But I could have <laughs> run for five yards through that hole, and that's saying something. And there were three of them that I, to my count, there were three holes like that all game long that I had not seen all season long. I mean, that was a shocker. Mason Cole, shoot, we were in protective boots on both feet for the rest of the season, the way he, he opened up, sealed that hole on the inside. <laughs> so they did great that way. Um, I actually thought I was very struck in the first quarter, the first couple of series. Like, why is, why is Indy not using Jonathan Taylor more? And... It felt to me like they got in that hole. They had no yards in the first quarter. And when they realized, my goodness, Kenny Pickett is winning the time possession laughably, we got to give our defense a rest. That's when they started using Jonathan Taylor the way he should be used, which is about two-thirds of the time. (laughs) And that's when they started coming back. I was a little struck that you've got a weapon like him. He's underutilized. 
and a team that doesn't have a great offensive line performance with Matt, you know, Matt Ryan being a little shaky this year, I just thought to myself, are they doing us a favor? And I also thought that that Dallas Flower return was damaging and exposed a lot of stuff. You, you felt that, that the team relaxed at the end of that coverage run, thinking, nah, he's seven yards deep. He's not taking this one out. And so my only question to you, gentlemen, is do you think that Dallas Flowers took it upon himself to just bust out, or do you think Bob Ventrone said, no, 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 I don't care if you're one inch away from the back end line, you take it out and you run on these guys because we're losing, we need a spark. What do you think happened there? You know, I just jump in real quick. My two cents. Um, I gotta believe he get, he's got to go um, basically anytime he wants if he can have his momentum going when he catches the ball. And normally, when they get back there and they catch the ball from a dead standstill, and they're in the end zone, deep in the end zone, it's you know put the knee down. I think I almost think that the Steelers cover team just they didn't quite have their zip dude dog going down there after him. Is the way I kind of saw it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I- I, 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 real quick, I, I like that point by you too, Alvaro, because it. I mean, the second that he caught that thing, there was no hesitation. I mean, he was he he was the road runner. I mean, he was ready to go deep in the end zone as soon as he he fielded that uh, that kick. Like there was no question in his mind that he was bringing that out. So that that's an astute observation by you. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think there might have been a hey, we we need a spark here to start the second half. I don't care if you're you know your heels are, are approaching the the end line there. Take this one out and give us something because it looked like there was no doubt or, or no hesitation in his mind. And it could go both ways, right? It could be the best thing to happen to a team that's about to face the number one punt returner and the number one kickoff returner in the league in Atlanta, or it could be like, oh boy, we got a problem. We got to fix that. So, I mean, it, it, to, in a way, I'm glad it happened in a win because this coming week they're up against. That's one of the strongest facets of the Atlanta Falcons, the, the return game, and and it's it, it was going to be a tough week anyway. And now they've got they've got some explaining to do. They've got some fixing to do. <laughs> they do indeed. Look, I know what it's like. My rookie year, eight, and I always, I always reminded Tunch this back in the day. I go, yeah, you remember our rookie year? You know, first up playing Houston Oilers. Guess who was L three and made the opening hit on the first game of the year? Ah, right, the kid here. Ah, that's right, L three all the way down. <laughs> and, and Tunch always reminded me. Goes, yeah, that's because every you were, you were so slow. Everybody else got picked up, and you were all left to yourself. <laughs> Now, the other thing I wanted to, to bring up, guys, which I'm sure you've talked about already, um, is what I call spatial awareness. Kenny Pickett had his best game. His radar was, was in fine form. He didn't have to run in a panic. He would shift in the pocket, and then if he felt he had or could run, he would do that. But he was deciding that. He wasn't being sort of forced to do that, or he wasn't panicking. Of course, he hit 10 different receivers. Half of them, in his only the only pass he threw at him. So we see that that facet of his game, and of course he got the the comeback uh, fourth quarter comeback drive, which was critical. It is amazing to me. And I mean, after a, a couple of three and outs, we made the, the comment. I said, "This this is the the offense has to step up. The defense a bit of it it's, it, it's it's on its heels. Special teams are not playing great. The offense has to assert itself, and he did that." As a matter of fact, he went 20 for 28, and there may have been four drops that could have been catches. He may have gotten 24 for 28 in this game and over 200 yards. And, again, these are steps, little steps. But I thought the, the one facet of the game that came up in this game that I really had not seen consistently 
is spatial awareness and sort of the 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 the, the clock in your mind that says, okay, you know what? Uh, they're gonna they're gonna sack you if you don't move. He just had a feel for when and how to move to extend plays or to, or to just run and get some yards. You know, there's no doubt about it. Look, I thought there it was in the first half there was two sacks by Ngakwe, uh, you know, very close together. I can't remember how far apart. Um, they one, were two, two plays out of three, two yeah. out of three. Okay, there you go. So somebody, somebody's got a better brain than me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the first one was, you know, it was just simply a matter of uh, Danny Moore gave up a little bit too much ground on a bull rush, and you got at that point in time, you had Kenny stepping up in the pocket. He's climbing north-south, and, it, and you know, you, when you get caught like that, and it was it was really a case where uh, he punched with his right hand, that beating Danny Moore, and he missed and went over top of the shoulder, which gave Ngakwe the up and under coming underneath him, so he could bull him and drive him back. And then when Dan got his he got his uh, his sinking weight on, he was able to just stop in his tracks. But that's when Kenny started to run forward, and unfortunately, that's a sack. The other one was a pretty well crafted blitz where they had the the, the wall going the wrong way. I in my book, at least according to how we used to do it back in the day. But you know what? Again, that's a couple of sacks. They gave up three overall. Kenny's awareness, his pocket awareness was, I thought, excellent, especially after the Ngakwe, the duo there, the two out of three. And after that, it just got better and better. And I love where this kid is going. Now, again, he's got a lot of a lot of room for growth. That's okay. That's what rookies do. You know, this was very, as I was talking with Wes earlier, very Roethlisberger-like for a rookie. You know, I mean, when Ben was there, this is what Ben did. You know, a buck 75, a buck 50, throwing at 15, 20 times a game, a good running attack. Get Zooks, we got 174 rushing yards. Remember when we were begging for a 100-yard game or begging for even 75 yards? And yet, this is what they delivered last night, and I thought, oh, this is all good. And productive yards, yeah. not not the three point four yards a carry, yes. but really productive yards. Benny Snell was inspired, and maybe by the way, maybe uh, the changes in the roster didn't help the special teams. You had a couple of guys playing special teams hmm. yesterday that normally didn't play, so maybe that had something to do with that. But two things: Benny Snell, super inspired, uh, finally gets a chance to to play offense, and he just showed. And then McFarland, I mean. McFarlane's the kind of player that would make you mad because there'd be a hole and he would sort of think about it. Last night he was decisive and it was great to watch. I mean, it's almost like you're watching this thing and they finally get it and they finally show it and he shows it one after another after another. Every chance he had cut one cut out, you go. That's the way you play and that's the way he played and it was productive. So, okay, we don't have Najee after, after the, in the second half. We didn't really skip a beat. It was really fun to watch. Everybody showing up, everybody playing to their level, and the running game did not skip a beat. It was great. Go ahead, Wes. I know I've been asking a lot of questions here. You got one for Alvaro. No, that's, I, I'm with you. I I think that's been you know uh, along with Kenny Pickett's growth and development, the the ascension of this run game post bye week has has been very encouraging. Uh, for me and the development of this team and what we'll see down the stretch here. I, I wanted to ask you, Alvaro, though, is it is it fair to say, uh, George Pickens, that the chemistry that him and Kenny Pickett have and that continues to show and, and grow every single week, 
feels like it's real. Are we starting to really see him scratch the surface? I, I think we, we would all say and agree that, you know, he's he's nowhere close to the finished product yet. But is is, is that we finally seeing the guy, um, you know, blossoming here that, that we were so excited about throughout training camp in the preseason? It's funny, Wes, because when you saw the beginning of the game, it was almost a concerted effort by Kenny to find Deontay Johnson mm-hmm. and to get Deontay Johnson involved early in the game as he had done with George Pickens the prior couple of games. Right. So you saw, you're like, mm, that's interesting. And, I mean, he was open. He didn't add much to the, after the catch, but he was open. So I, saw, I thought, mm, interesting. That hadn't, we hadn't seen that before. But the connection, the Pickett to Pickens connection is a natural. I mean, it's just natural on both ends. And you can't avoid it. It's just there. I thought it was interesting that on the week that George Pickens brags, that practices at Georgia were harder than practices with the Steelers. <laughs> he drops two low balls <laughs> where he puts his his right hand in front of the backhand, and instead of catching it or webbing it, he slaps it. He sort of like tit tat it, and it just bounces off his hands for incompletions. It's almost like the football guys are saying, George, <laughs> you think you play hard. You think you've got it all under control. Let me show you. And he's got some work to do this week. I'm telling you, he's Absolute. got some work to do. Absolutely. There was, there was a touchdown pass, um, and there was another long pass that he just couldn't catch. Yeah. And there were critical plays, critical plays to get the drive, to keep the drive alive. Football will humble you like few other sports if you're not, you know, got your A game going. All right, I'm going to throw three names at you, which I, want, I call unsung heroes. Number one on defense, Arthur Mollette. Wow. I'll oh, take your take yeah. on that. I'll throw another. Chris Wormley. And a third one, Isaiah Loudermilk. Give me your best shots. Wow. I mean, Millette, uh you saw flashes of, of Mike Hilton at times. Yeah. And you saw a guy that made uh, Matt Ryan switch uh, targets. And it doesn't get any better if you're a corner than the quarterbacks going through a rotation and skipping the guy you're covering because you're doing such a good job. That's got to feel great. That's got to feel great. And only the film and only the coaches and only the players involved know that. Very few people can pick that up. That's got to be a thrill if you're a corner. Ha! Ah, he passed on me. Look at that. You know? Now, Warmly was on the field for some of the most critical plays. They paired him up usually with Ogunjobi. And I was noticing that last night. Oh, look at Warmly. Look at Warmly, and he made some great stops along the line. Stops that made Jonathan Taylor really not be a factor in this game. And that is saying something. So, you know, part of it was they didn't use Taylor early, but when they finally did, he did some damage, but the damage could have been worse without Warmly being there. And then Loudermill. I mean, Loudermill's had a tough season from training camp on, and he finally shows up and puts his left arm up and blocks a kick, which, again, has to be one of the greatest thrills for any player, it's such a rare play to block a kick, and it was a du- it was a long kick, but it was you know it was in range, and that must have been a great thrill. So all three of them showed up in critical moments, and all three of them walked away with that thrill that I'm talking about. Greg, you know the thrill I'm talking about. No one knows except maybe the guy standing next to you, your position coach, maybe the head coach after he watches the film, your opponent that you dealt with. They do know that. But no one talks about it, and you had yourself a great game. Absolutely. You know, one of the things 
when I when I talk about unsung heroes, they are the guys that sometimes they, they you know they don't surface very often. Only when you fixate on them, you start to see. And I think about Arthur Millette. You know, he had six tackles, but he also had four special teams tackles. You know, he was really he's really an important guy. And like you talked about, Elvar, when you said he put the hit on Jonathan Taylor a couple of times that were just they were I mean, they they were nice slobber knocker hits. Now it's not that Jonathan Taylor went backwards, but he certainly didn't go forwards very far. And when you're coming up and when you're a a nickel corner like that, you're picking up a big old workhorse like Jonathan Taylor. You got to come up and secure that tackle, and that's it'll it'll it, it hurts after a while. <laughs> I I remember, I always remember Heinz Ward talking about the second half of a game when Bussy's running the ball late in the fourth quarter. He's blocking on Chris McAllister from the Ravens, right? And and, mm-hmm. and McAllister is is trying to fend off Heinz Ward as Heinz is is digging him out, and he says, "Ease up there, Heinz." He says, "I'm no no hurry to go get in front of Bussy." You know, what I mean, that's the way a good rushing attack grows. And, and for the fact that Arthur was there when uh, when Millette needed to make the play, he made the play. He didn't he didn't shy away from the contact. He's a serious NFL dude, as Mike Tomlin talked about. It was wonderful, really wonderful. Um, and so you, you, you see death, you see a game where the secondary and the corners have to step up. They did their job. Um, the, the front did their job. Alex Highsmith did, did his job. Oh, yeah. Everybody did. I mean, the offensive line had, like I said, three holes that, like, we've never seen all season long. It only took 12 weeks, but we finally saw them, three in a game. They were unbelievable. We didn't make the most out of them, but they were, the holes were there. And yeah. you had not seen that space between offensive linemen for a running back all year long, and they were there. So everything encouraging. You know, you, you, you use the heavier um, personnel. Gentry's in there. Watch showed up a couple of times. Right. And so you begin to see how this, this team is different. It's not only mature, it really is different. You know, T.J. Watt coming back as well, you start seeing the, the turnovers, the exchange, the giveaways, takeaways, now begin to favor Pittsburgh. It's moving, zooming up the ranks in that uh, category. So it's beginning to feel like Steelers football. Um, it just had to wait till you know, week 12. Indeed. And that special tip of the cap, to, uh, as you talked about, Chris Wormley, you know, that ball was on the ground. Matt Ryan jumped on it. He bounced off it, um, not off, off, but up, and there was a gap because he didn't look, curl up around the ball. You know what I mean? And you got Chris Wormley winning. What a great job of going groundhogs. Guys got – there are certain guys that just have that ability to go into a pile and come out with the rock. And this guy here, it was just Matt Ryan, but what a great job Wormley did of digging around and getting that ball from the hands of Matt Ryan. Let's face it, he's a quarterback. Should be able to corral that loose pigskin, right? I mean, that thing is slicker and snot on a doorknob, I know. But, you know, it's it's something that, you know, a quarterback is normally able to handle. But kudos to Wormley. No question about it. And that play we we should highlight because that play shows you how close the Steelers were to losing that game. I mean, that was such a gift from above. Yes. But it wasn't a gift in terms – it was more a theft from below. It was Chris Warmly getting in there. And I don't know if Matt Ryan made a business decision saying, you know, I'm 37. I don't know. How many, I may not be back in the league next year. You know. How bad we, do I want this game? In the, exactly. In the Spanish broadcast, we quoted a, an old Cuban song where the guy, uh, he's a delicate boy born to love. 
meaning not the fight, not the not the not to get into a, a war. <laughs> and that's what we said about my Ryan. He showed up. Oh, the ball's here. Let me just drop on top of it. No, you don't. There's Chris Warmly coming at you. Now you got to fight for it. And I just think at 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 a, at a given point in time, either he's landed on the ball and lost his breath, or he just made a business decision. You know, retirement <laughs> so close. I'm about to get the golden watch. Do I really need to bust my arm here? <laughs> I, I can spend another couple of years backing up, just handing the ball off and clean up time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Alvaro Martin, you are as always. You deliver the goods, buddy. Thank you for joining us here in the locker room. We appreciate you, I bro. Just wanna, I just want to highlight Wes stepping up, next man up. That's a great attitude to have. And Max, <laughs> yes. I'm Benny, I'm Benny Snell today, game. Alvaro. Oh, I'm telling you right now, you're a star. And I think Max has to come back and sweat it out this week, okay? <laughs> By the way, Greg. Yes. Greg, take the week off. We're not going to be near you. We're going to be calling next week, next Sunday's game in Mexico City with three Steelers legends. They're Monty Dawson, James Farrier, and Santonio Holmes. It's going to be a huge party, you know, kind of a convention hall. 5,000 fans are showing up. They're all Steelers fans. And we're going to call the game off screen. We're going to miss you guys. That's but awesome. But I think 5,000 000- Hot Steelers fans in Mexico. That, that's got to be an experience. We're looking oh, forward to that. Oh, man. I wish – well, no, I got, I, I'm glad to be at the game. But it sounds like fun. You got some – you got three great dudes there. James Ferrier, just just love the guy. Potsy's just an amazing guy. So, same same as with Santonio, who – Tunchilkin. Tunchilkin inevitably kept calling him San Antonio. <laughs> I kept kept going, stop it. It's not San Antonio, all right? It's not the Alamo. It's San Antonio. Remember San Antonio, not San Antonio. (laughs) Hey, thank you, Alvaro. We appreciate you, brother. Have a great broadcast next week. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great week. All right. That's Alvaro Martin of the Spanish broadcast, Steelers Spanish game day broadcast. And we're going to be back with more after this. Stay tuned, SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yes, we can't keep rolling on, coming back here. By the way, the importance of pressure, the importance of saccharations, think about this. In four wins that the Steelers have, 14 sacks. In the eight losses, seven sacks. You got to get after the quarterback. Got to. That's what, this, that's what this defense is predicated on, right? Absolutely. And it's predicated on the locker room here that we got to go and bring in Juan from Charleston. Juan, you're in the locker room. Hey, you there, Juan. You got a little bit of a bad connection. Okay. Can you hear me, guys? We got you now. We got you. Okay. Hey, hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Doing well, Juan. What you got for us today? And by the way, did you not enjoy that last night? Oh, yes. I enjoyed the game last night. only thing my problem was I thought I was going to, I thought we were going to beat the Ajax group from last weekend against the um, Bengals where they came out in the second half and just like they were about to give up. So, yeah, I enjoyed that last night. No question about it. All right, you got a game ball or two. All right, for game ball, I'm going with the, um, I'm going with the running back by community. 
got to give it to Benny Snail football and now McFarland. Very good. I, I enjoyed. It. Tell me what you enjoyed most about Benny's performance. Hey, like Coach always says, next man steps up when the next man is down. So he delivered. The guy hasn't had any touches all season, and he delivered when his number was called. That's the amazing part to me, what a lot of people don't understand, how hard it is to prepare week in and week out as if you're the starter and then not to be able to fulfill that, that itch you got to scratch on game day. You know, that's just – that's tough, but that's the true mark of a real pro. And Benny Snell proved that he is a true pro with his performance last night. And then on defense, I'm going to give it to um, Latimer because – before halftime, if he didn't block that field goal, we fought them three points, and he got the ball um, coming out at halftime. So that was a good step up by him. And then you got to give it to Warmby because he snatched that ball right out of Ryan Hatt because I could have thrown by Ryan Hatt that football. Absolutely, brother. There's no doubt about it. Again, I, I love the fact that he went groundhog when he was able to wrestle it away from Matt Ryan. You know, I, I got to tell Wormley, I, I'm glad he didn't respect his elders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I think I, I think I think Ryan was scared. He got a two hundred pound guy on him. He said, "Hey, I better give it up." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, man. But again, also for Isaiah Loudermilk, I saw him on the bus after leaving from the stadium, from uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, as we were heading to the airport, and he, he had the biggest smile on his face, and it just that was good to see. You know, he's a young man who got more reps in last year than we thought he was he should he would get. And then this year he's probably got as not as much reps as he would hope to have. And yet to be able to come through for your team in a big play fashion in a big play moment or a weighty moment, as Mike Tomlin likes to put it, that's just that's uh, just awesome stuff. Good to see him do and, and participate in this because it does a lot for a young guy who's still feeling his way and trying to carve out his niche on a, on a veteran team. I agree with you guys. So, yeah, that was a good team win. So, hopefully we can get this thing started. Hey, we're going to be in Atlanta. I'm going to be out there again. So, hopefully I can run into you guys. I'm going to be in Atlanta and Carolina. And shout out to my guy, CR. Beautiful. Oh, boy. There, go, there goes the neighborhood, Wolf. <laughs> well, let's put it this way, Juan. I hope we don't run into each other. I'd rather walk into each other, okay? <laughs> Keep it simple. Thanks, Juan. Appreciate you, brother. All right. See you guys. Take care, man. Oh, yeah. The number – well, we – yeah, for, yeah, go ahead. Go. It's 412-919-1316. We got, a couple, we got a couple more on hold here. Uh, you know what? Speaking of – I mean, we, we 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 might as well just pair them together here, right? Well, oh, is it is it the one from Chicago? It's it's the it's, one and it's, only. It's CR. the one and only from Chicago. Right, Cr, who's who's uh, he's on a little bit of a Steelers road trip right now. I think. Whoa. Hey, what's going on, guys? I really appreciate you guys. Shout out to, to my guy Juan. Hey Juan, I'm leaving Indianapolis now, going to Virginia, and I'm coming down to North Carolina to pick you up, and and, and we headed to Atlanta. So. Uh, Hey, guys, I'm really, really excited about talking to you guys. I'm excited about this game. We are live in Indianapolis, Naptown. Uh, it was a wonderful uh, affair uh, last night. Uh, I say it was at least 50% Steeler fans in the place, in the hotel that, where I was at. The whole hotel was covered. We even allowed some of the Indianapolis people to come into the hotel. 
<laughs> oh, that's very generous of you, given that it is in, in, in Indianapolis. Yes, somebody would say, well, how come all you still the fans of him? We said, well, hey, somebody got to make you guys some money because one watch you wouldn't have any business. Uh, anyway, as far as uh, game balls, uh, I'm going to give a game ball to the, to the defense, especially the fourth quarter defense because they shut them down. They shut them down. Even though they came out in the second half, uh, uh, and, an and came right down the field, which was kind of shaky a little bit, but we still overcame that. Uh, I agree with you on Kenny and, and the team as far as uh, the, the running game and, and uh, by committee. Uh, I was, I'm still don't understand what happened to uh, to 22. He was running, and all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore. So maybe we we can get some information on that. Um, uh, it's it's just exciting uh, what's going on. Uh, I don't know if we can uh, can run the table or not, but. I'm a positive believer in anything that happened. People said at the beginning of the year that we couldn't beat Cincinnati, but we did. So all things are possible in those who believe. Uh, comment. May, you, you said it best. You know, it. I got to tell you something. This was just a well-played game in the sense of you came out and started fast. I love that first half. What really smoked me was Dallas Flowers coming out and switching the, the Mojination with that second half yep. return. But the point oh, is, oh, and the yeah, key was, is, here's ooh. the key. They reloaded in that fourth quarter after having some three and outs and so forth. The offense came yep. out, and Kenny took him on that 11-play, 75-yarder. The Sundance kid looked pretty good there. <laughs> hey, 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 you got to kill it up. I move, I'm better when I move fast. <laughs> and I move? Move. What the hell do you mean move? <laughs> there we I, I'm loving it. Exactly hey, so. Hey, hey, guys, I'm sorry I missed you. Uh, I'll be looking for you in, in Atlanta, and I'll be looking for you in North Carolina. So um, I'm going to get out of here because I know we got other people on there, but I really appreciate everybody hang, hanging in there. we got so many Steelers fans here, it is unreal. In the meantime, <laughs> and in between time, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Who? Who? Very good indeed. Travel safely, CR. Yeah, That's safe for sure. travel, CR. No doubt about Thank it. Thank you, brother. Yep, absolutely. But, I, I, again, going back to the, the three unsung heroes that really stood out in my mind were Mollett, Wormley, and Loudermilk doing some some good stuff there. And uh, I always like to point out some of these guys because they don't see a lot of action. But when you make big, weighty plays in, in the big, weighty moments, uh, another Tomlinism there, um, those that's important. And it breeds success because then you start thinking, you know, I can do this. I can I can be that yep. guy that makes the big play. Chuck Knoll used to walk through the locker room during the week and he'd say he'd say, Who's gonna make the big play today? Who's gonna make the big play? You know, and it was always reminding guys that you gotta get it in your mind, you gotta believe, you gotta wanna get after it, and you've gotta be self sufficient and bringing your enthusiasm to the game. Because he always said, if it takes me to get you guys going, uh, you're not gonna be here long. Right. All right. It's right. all about yourself. You gotta bring your A game. Yeah, you you shouldn't need motivated at this at this right. level, right? Uh, I mean, every everyone's a professional. Everyone is, you know, um, the top one percent of the one percent to make it to this level. But you're right. You you have to, you know, it's it's one of the things. Mo- Moats has talked about this before. Wolf, how you know when he first got to Pittsburgh, you know, he spent four years in Buffalo, obviously where he was drafted, and then and then signed with the Steelers as a free agent. How 
you know, a lot of times in team meetings leading up to the game, Mike Tomlin would talk to the guys about visualizing yourself making the play. Absolutely. And and Moats, you know, he said, it's like when I first got here, I was like, what does he mean visualize myself making the play? Like, what what is this, middle school? Like, what, am I supposed to let my imagination run wild? Like, <laughs> he was like, but but it, 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 he's like, I, I had never heard that in Buffalo before, but as, as time went on, it, it made sense. You have to you have to see yourself. You have to believe in yourself yes. making that play, having the confidence, knowing that again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it's it's not gonna be if. It's it's going to be a matter of when. At some point, you're going to have the opportunity to make that game changing play, and you better be ready uh to execute whenever whenever that does come. And and for a lot of guys, you know, you mentioned Loudermilk. We talked about Benny Snell plenty. Um Kenny Pickett, uh, Minka and Cam Sutton with that with that breakup at the end of the game. Chris Wormley with with stealing that ball from Matt Ryan down in the the shadow of his own end zone. Those are those moments where you, you got to be ready to to flip that switch quick. And uh, unfortunately for the Steelers, they were they were more on the front foot in that regard last night than the Colts were. There's no question, absolutely. You know, there there's just so much good stuff here. Um, it just I don't know. I, I was really. I was really excited for the guys. You know, it's kind of you need you need that spark that that you know. And I know there's some people out there. What I what I hate is people talk about. Well, you know what? It, it higher draft pick, the more we lose. Go no, 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 no. That's not the way to go. This is all about you getting a win. You need a win. You're there to win. It's about winning. It's always about winning. It's about yes. the W. And to convolute that with you know thoughts of well increased draft and I'm sorry it just it don't don't fly from by me because I know this when you're inside those four walls when you're one of those guys suffering from a subpar season you don't want to hear anything about the draft or anything like that man all you want to do is you want to play you want to win that's what you were born to do if you got in that league and you're in that level you are born to play and you are born to uh, go for the win. And, and losing is just always one of those things that, I don't know, it just always leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. And I, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, it's funny, well, if you'll laugh at this, when our when our daughter was for, first born about a year ago, right, um, we, we were talking to, to one of our friends who has three kids and basically had done, like, like sleep research, if that makes sense, right? Like the, the best way to get your child to get into a sleep routine, to sleep through the night, all those things. And it was like the biggest misconception is people think, I'll keep my kids up all day and not really let them nap or only let them take short naps because then that way they'll be exhausted in the evening and they'll sleep through the night. That's not what the the science of, of the brain and the science of sleep says. In fact, for toddlers at that age – it's like sleeping begets sleeping. Yes. If you take a nice nap throughout the day, you're going to be in better shape to sleep, you know, 10, 11 hours overnight and let mom and dad get that rest. I think you could take that example and apply it to professional sport, really to, to any sport, but but certainly professional sports in the NFL. Winning beget, begets winning and, no lo- and losing begets losing. That's why you see the same organizations in the top five, in the top 10 of the NFL draft every single year. They go out and get the quote unquote good players. And then they're still there picking fourth overall the next season. It's a cultural thing. It's a belief thing. It's a standard and an expectation thing. And and I I I I really think that Steelers fans should be fortunate in that regard. And and believe me, I know the shiny silver object of the NFL draft. It really is amazing what the NFL has done with the draft. It's the second biggest day of the NFL season behind the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. 
But don't get distracted by that, all right? You don't want to win draft night. You don't want to win the offseason. You want to win games. And and that's something that the Steelers have done so well over the last two decades. You know, from, from the end of Bill Cowher's tenure into Mike Tomlin is there's that culture of winning. There's that expectation, that standard of winning. And, and yeah, winning begets winning. Losing begets losing. And I, I, I'm with you. You know, Maybe if it's the last week of the season and you're thinking, okay, hey, we can move up a couple spots. But but even then, from no. from from the fan perspective, I I, I would just I, I don't I don't want to get caught into that trap of always looking to the draft, always looking who's next. It's about winning right now and doing everything you can to put your team in the best position to do so. Well said. That's exactly it. And by the way, I'll tell you with my my oldest child, Megan. She was born right. And I remember my, it was an in-season baby. <laughs> Uh-oh. My wife having to get up to, you know. Uh-oh. And I kept telling her, hey, don't worry. Wait until the end of the season, and I, I'll get up with her. <laughs> you know what? It lasted one night. <laughs> one <laughs> night, and I'm like, okay, that's it. She got to be. We got to break that habit. We gotta, she got to sleep through the night. Can't do that. <laughs> what, what, uh, God, what, God bless our wives, Wolf, amen. I tell You're you. not kidding, brother. All right. <laughs> we're going to roll off. We're going to be back with more after this. You're listening to Wes sitting in for Max, me sitting in for myself right here in the locker room, SNR. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, let's go right to the phones in this final block. We got Everett. Everett, you're in the locker room. It's Wes and Wolf in the locker room, my friend. What do you got? How are you doing? Yins guys know. Us Yins (laughs) guys know. We're doing all good here. Hey, I was down at the game last night too, man. What a game! Wasn't that beautiful? Now tell me what you like. Tell you what, there was uh, there was at least fifty percent Pittsburgh fans there when that when we scored that final touchdown. There were so many uh, terrible towels waving; it was incredible. It was awesome. Wasn't was that fun? Cool. That was a cool atmosphere last night. Wasn't it, West? Sitting up it top really there, was. you got a great view. You can see them towels a twirling. I love it. Oh yeah. Well, even TJ and Alex, TJ and Alex in that that final drive, they were actually pumping up the crowd. It looked like we were at home. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. No doubt about it. You know, the, the that pass rush was getting there towards the end, putting pressure on them. But it, yeah, I will say one thing about it: it's tough to rush a Matt Ryan when he's throwing at two point five seconds. I mean, it's yeah. like clockwork, man. He'd take a couple steps up, boom, and try to deliver that mail. Yep, but they got him. They yep. still got to him. They still got to him. He looked scared back there. <laughs> I would be too yeah, if yeah. I had headhunters yeah. like Watt and, and Highsmith coming after me. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, I was going to say game balls definitely to McFarland and Snell. Those guys were running hard. It was awesome. Yep. Didn't you love that? You know, again, I go back to the professionalism of these dudes making sure that they are spot on and they know what they're doing and they are able to answer the bell when called upon. That's not an easy do. 
I mean, when you are down on the practice squad like Anthony McFarlane, when you are not yeah. even getting a touch until the 11th week of the, of the season, like Benny uh, Snell, and then you deliver those, those performances, man, it says so much about who you are. I know – I don't know. I didn't hear the whole show, but I, did anyone mention our kicker? He he did a hell of a job. You know what? You're that's right. a good. That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah, that's a good shout out. I like that. Yeah, 52 yarder in that atmosphere was was awesome to yeah. see. He's Matthew Wright's responded well these last two weeks. I think you know after after missing a couple kicks there in his first game, he's he's been solid ever since. And I'll give him yeah. a plus. You know what? He made a tackle on the kickoff team last night. He did. <laughs> you know, I hate to see that. You know, uh, yeah. Hey, kickers are athletes too, Wolf. All right. <laughs> well, for the most part, I can tell you of an instance <laughs> again going back to Houston. Uh, yeah, playing the Oilers when Tony Fritsch was the kicker. Remember, he was one of those early Austrian guys. You know, yeah. first soccer style. I came around the backside on a wall left on a kickoff return my rookie year, and I came through there clean. There was nobody to pick up, and I was. Bearing down on Tony, on Fritch, and I'll never forget his eyes locked to mine, and they got bigger than silver dollars, and I pounded him one, and he got up, he was swearing at me in oh, Austria. You bully! You bully! <laughs> he, he, he was, and then he started shouting at me, "You didn't have to do that." I'm like, "Hey, you're in the way, bud." You know, it's like. Oh, Anytime man. you can drive a cowboy into the ground, do it. <laughs> the quote of the Words day. Words to live by right there. Yes, exactly. Who else you got a game, hey, one, ball, game ball for? One more game ball for the, the whole defense. Okay. I mean, outside of one drive, they played one heck of a game. I mean, just that one one drive where the Colts took the lead was, was the only down down of the whole game. I think they were just on fire. Beautiful. We got to run, Everett. Thanks for calling in, brother. Thanks, Appreciate you. Have a great day. All right. We're going to move on because Cuban Dan's waiting in the wings. Cuban Dan, you're in the locker room. What's up, fellas? How you doing today? Fantabulous, my friend. How are you? Man, it's good to have a victory Tuesday. I'm pretty happy about that. Victory! <laughs> there, you there you go. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Game balls, buddy. Kickers are athletes, but Arthur Motes would argue that kickers are not people. <laughs> well, <laughs> I always used to say, Cuban Dan, I always <laughs> used to say kickers should be seen and not heard. <laughs> I think Bob is probably the exception to that rule. There you go. I, I would count. agree. Him and Presley, I, I got to give it to him. Both of those guys, I like them. You know, they're really top flight dudes. Even though even though he wasn't playing, it was good to see him out on the field yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Getting close to coming yeah. back. I'm sure we're running out of time here. So, yeah, game ball. Man, I walked into this season with Ben leaving, knowing that it was going to be a lot of turmoil and a lot of uncertainty. I walked into this season just wanting to see growth and improvement and an establishment of direction for the team. And every week – and I'll say specifically since since the Jets game when Kenny came in, every week I have seen him improve. Every week I have seen him take steps in the right direction. Every week I have seen him take something that happened the week prior that wasn't favorable and make it something that is now not an issue. Now, whether he can sustain that or not, that is yet to be seen, but there's nothing that I've seen out of him that makes me believe otherwise. Like, I love the trajectory of this kid. Absolutely. So my, game ball, my game ball goes to Kenny, man, because I'm just 
I'm really happy with what I see every week. Well, Cuban, Dan, thank you for calling in. I agree with you. I think young Kenny deserves a game ball. It was a nice job, especially this. You got yourself a great first half. Cool. Things go sour in the third quarter. Well, what are you going to do? Well, you got to reload. You got to be able to lead the men forward. You got to lead them to victory. That's exactly what the Sundance kid did. I love it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you calling, man. All right, friends. Wes, thank you so much for sitting in for Max. We'll get Max in tomorrow. I'm sure he'll be back. But we are going to be back with more right here in the locker room with Wolf, Wes, and and Max tomorrow in the locker room here on SNR.